I mean, isn't that ultimately what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to shine our unique gifts out into the world. And if we're doing that, the rest of it will come. The future of dentistry belongs to the innovators. Welcome to Innovation in Dentistry. I'm your host, Sean Zayas, and I believe that the future of dentistry is going to be unbelievably great over the next decade and two decades. But the question isn't that. The question is, are you going to be part of what makes dentistry great? So I am so excited today to have Dr. Laura, and I can't just say Dr. Laura or else people start thinking like Dr. Laura Schlesinger, which also has a challenging last name, but your last name's not that challenging. It's Dr. Laura Schwint. How, how did I do on that one? You did fantastic. Perfect. So I've had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Laura probably on two or three occasions now, and I am just inspired every single time I talk to you. Uh, can can I call you Laura? In, yes, on the... please call me Laura. Okay, so first off, Laura, thank you so much for joining me today. It is an honor to have you. Oh, thank you. And Sean, I feel the same about you. Every time I've run into you, I just am attracted to your energy and your charisma. And I just want to talk to you more. So this is just a joy for me to get a chance to talk to you one-on-one -on -one without a bunch of people around. It's just a joy. Well, Laura, so the thing that gets me fascinated, you know, I'm in this space in dentistry. And there are so many amazing dentists, but I see that there are so many dentists and dental professionals that aren't fine just staying in the up. They're not fine just doing what they're doing. Somehow they have a mindset that almost enables them or empowers them to feel that permission to step up, to step out, and to pioneer. Um, and that's really the innovation that I'm talking about and fascinated by is what is it about that mindset that again, allows for what I think is what makes dentistry great. So you were a clinical dentist. Um, just tell me a little bit about your story and your journey and how you arrived at where you're at today. Oh. Well, um, you know, it's interesting. I think, you know, I love the fact that you're looking into this innovation and I think of anybody in our dental community, we are all innovators at heart. I mean, all day, every day, we have to innovate what we do to make it happen. And it changes every moment. And so um, I think we're all innovators in, in, on the inside and just figuring out ways to bring that out in ways that complement our unique strengths, our unique gifts. Um, and then give it back to the world, right? That's, that's the whole purpose. But my story is, is an interesting one. I was a daughter of a dentist. So um, growing up, my dad loved dentistry. He loved his job. He taught at the local dental assisting school. His patients loved him. He practiced in, into his 70s and then continued teaching at the, high, or at the assisting school. Um, so I, I kind of had an inkling. I was the youngest of six, and I was the only one to give any interest in de into dentistry. And so I took the DAT, and I, did, I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him at all. I took the DAT, and I did well. And so I said, well, I think I'm going to go to dental school. And he was just so happy. Um, dental school was dental school. And uh, <laughs> um, I, I think it, it took a little piece of me every day. 
but uh, and then I got out and I practiced. I practiced for 21 years in different capacities. I was an associate in many different practices. My husband was getting um, his training in, he's an emergency medicine physician. So he was doing all sorts of training and we were moving around the country to do that. Um, so I learned a lot of different ways to practice dentistry. And um, eventually we settled in my hometown in Northern Minnesota. Uh, and I opened up my own practice based on everything that I had learned from all the practices that I had worked in. And it was an exciting time. And it was also the hardest time of my life. I had three uh, little kids. Um, oh when I opened my practice, I think they were three, five and seven. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My husband was uh, traveling. He did local locum tenums. So he was gone a lot. So there was a lot of times I was a single parent. Um, and uh, so it, it was a joy. I loved, loved, loved my practice, but I burned out. And uh, I recognize now looking back hindsight that had I had some skills, had I had some mindset, had I had some um, whereabouts, self-awareness, I probably could have prevented my burnout. Um, so, so, but because of what you went through, you ended up discovering those keys, those golden nuggets that now you're able to help dentists with. What was probably one of the pieces of gold that you discovered during that time uh, that maybe... I don't know, it wasn't so obvious then, but you realize later on, like, oh my gosh, that burnout really helped me. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know, it made me realize that you can't just go uh, 110 all the time. And that was what I was doing. And I thought that's what you're supposed to do, right? Like you give and give and give. You give to your patients, you give to your team, you give to your kids, you give to your family, you give, give, give. That is, you know, that's the badge of honor you wear as a provider. And that um, if you don't balance that with some techniques to give to yourself, that eventually you run out of steam. And uh, so, and, and when I did, I, you know, I went, I was having all sorts of physical issues. And so I was going to doctors like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And I finally went to a functional medicine doctor and she said, you've got to, you've got to have less stress in your life. And I just laughed at her. I'm like, well, what do you want me to admit? I can't, there's no option here. I'm a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but now looking back at that, I'm like, she was 100% right. And there are, th it's a story we tell ourselves that we can't, we, we completely can. We have the choice to rearrange things, to do things differently. We always have that choice. And so I, I kind of realized that I was in this victim mentality and I needed to um, create. I needed to get out and become a creator of my life instead of a victim of my life. Well, um, so what, what would have been a low in this season though? Like meaning, was it that you couldn't get out of bed because you were like depressed or was it just, you felt that strain of the physical breakdown? It was, it was a little bit of everything. Let me tell you, I was, um, I was not myself. I, I am a joyful, zesty person. I love life and I had lost all joy and zest. I felt like I was trudging through darkness 
um, just faking it. I was faking it every day. And um, I lost all but one member of my team. One by one, they all turned in their resignation, which wow. made me feel like a ginormous loser and yeah. failure. Um, my husband, I remember one of the the really riveting arguments that we had and he said something's got to change now <laughs> and i was just like oh <laughs> this the this is affecting everything so it was affecting relationships it was f- affecting financials it was affecting my health it was affecting my ability to be a good mother um and to enjoy life, which is, I guess, you know, like, what's the point if we're not enjoying life? So, yeah, so that was the point where I hired my first life coach, and um, I credit her with saving my life. I mean, here you are, and I feel like with most people that end up struggling, it ends up being this slow fade mm-hmm. where you just keep telling yourself, you know, because dentists are very resilient to be able to get through dental school. Uh, to be able to handle what dentists have to handle, you're you're strong people, right? And so part of it is like you're saying this like badge of honor of like I can just work harder, uh, mm-hmm. do more, um, spread myself more, like thinner, and, and you almost just end up saying yes to the challenges of motherhood, yes to the challenges of the profession, mm-hmm. and then next thing you know, those people closest to you, thank God, in your situation, your husband is looking and being like, Laura, this isn't working, mm-hmm. like. Like you're an amazing person, but this isn't working. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we know all the stories in dentistry about people that didn't didn't get to take a step back. Mm-hmm. You know, burnout eventually led to their light getting put out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the tragedy mm-hmm. of dentistry. And I'm so thankful in this situation that you made a decision to do something about it. Mm-hmm. So you go to this life coach. Uh, which is, I mean, you, you coach now too. This probably had such a, um, a huge impact on why you do what you do today. Mm-hmm. And had you somehow dodged it or I don't know, not, not just stepped into it fully and said, okay, like somehow I arrived here in my life. Somehow I got to a point where maybe I didn't see the cautions or I didn't see the warning signs and I'm here, but what can I do but learn from it and be the change that I want to see in, in you know, in dentistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, my original um, relationship with her was we had signed up for a year of coaching. And at the end of that year, um, I was thanking her just, you know, she had t- taken me on a journey that I had no idea. Um, I mean, I was I, in the beginning, I thought she was crazy. Like the things she was having me do, I was just like, how is this going to help? <laughs> Can't you just tell me what to do? Can't you just tell me the next CE to take or the next piece of equipment to buy to make my practice successful? You know what? Come on, please. But she took me on a different type of journey. And at the end, um, I remember just thanking her and saying, I wish, I wish I could give this to another dentist because I know there's there's got to be someone out there like me and I get teary-eyed when I think about this conversation because she said who's to say you can't and that was the seed that tiny little sentence was the seed 
that propelled me into what I do today and why I'm so passionate about it. I was going to say that that is so profound because so much of what I share with people is like believing is one thing, but believing follows the ability to conceive like the, the, the ability to even imagine something is possible. You have to conceive first and then all of a sudden you need to have that faith and belief and trust that you can start taking those steps. But if it's not even on your grid of what's possible, if you can't even conceive of it yet. And that's why I want people to hear these stories because it is something as small as why, like, why can't that be you? Why, why not? And all of a sudden it's like, wait, wait a second. Like, I guess I'm not stuck in this box of just being a clinical dentist. So from that moment to when you actually, let's say, stepped out, what was that time frame? Uh, it was probably two and a half years. Okay. Um, so what, what happened? Like why, why wasn't it six months and why wasn't it 10 years? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great question. Um, so it, you know, when, after she said that, you know, like I said, it just planted the seed. It just went in there and I, I didn't really do anything with it. I, I redesigned my practice, um, to be a more holistic practice, um, rehired a team. They became my dream team. Um, so you know, I look back and that moment of despair when I lost everyone was actually the best thing that happened to me because the team that we built together was, they, they, they're still my best friends, you know, like I, we don't, we don't have a lot of contact because of life and cause I moved, but I would, I would count them all as one of my best friends. I mean, they were there for me and wow. we built this happy holistic practice but then um my son had a heart murmur that we explored and by the urging of his doctor and we found out that he had a genetic disorder of the smooth uh, muscle tissue and it was affecting his ascending aorta it was larger than it needed to be and so he had to go through all sorts of genetic testing and he had all sorts of um, limitations put on physical things. Um, he was 13 at the time. And so this was really challenging. And my husband and I at that time were both really busy with our, our professional lives. And we, we decided that we needed to slow down. And, and because of this, it like woke us up to the fact that we have these three young kids and, and we're just seeing them on the weekends. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> and and you know, really half of Friday or half of Saturday, we're so exhausted still that we're missing half of Saturday even. <laughs> and half of Sunday, we're worried about Monday. So. <laughs> but that takes courage to even have that, like not just to have the awareness, but to look at it and be like, something has to change. Something. Yeah. So we kind of started this, the steps in place to changing things. Um, we were, we were going to downsize everything, um, work less, all of that. What really did it though, was then we had been focusing so much on, on my son that we didn't really, and it was, it's silly. We're both medical professionals that we didn't think about this, but the genetics had to come from somewhere, right? <laughs> we didn't explore ourselves and it ended up that my husband had this and he needed an emergency heart surgery because his aorta was about to blow. 
So we spent about 10 days at the Mayo Clinic and he had his his complete ascending aorta replaced. And at at that moment, we just said, that's it. We're we're selling everything and we're moving to the mountains. (laughs) Wow. Because we want to experience life and we want to give our kids the experience of like just exploring and so um yeah we started we started with garage sales (laughs) and then eventually we sold our house and then i sold my practice and then my oldest graduated from high school and we moved to the mountains of oregon and so here we are wow i i mean what a story like just to think that um you know the last person i actually interviewed I asked them about the dark night of their soul and they were like, it actually had to do with being like their identity as a mom, not, not as a professional, but as a mom. And it's like, you know, for you, it's like not just a mom, but as a wife, you have your son and then you have your husband and both of them, they find out there's something going on that could be life threatening, especially for your husband at that point in time. And to be like, I don't know, to just, again, the impetus for why sometimes we make that leap or we change. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so great that you honored like family and what matters in life. Like I think the tragedy of life is when you find yourself at the top of a mountain and realize it was the wrong one mm-hmm. or realize that you're alone and you're actually not fulfilled because the people you love and care about aren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, family oftentimes gets sacrificed mm-hmm. on, you know, in that drive for success. So in the midst of that, Laura, what was some mindset that you identified either that you had to shed Mm -hmm. or a mindset that you embraced so that you could continue down that journey that you're on? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Um, I, I, I think the identity piece was really a challenge. Um, for so long I had been a dentist you know, um, and suddenly I wasn't. When we moved, I didn't know if I was going to practice or, you know, what I was going to do, but that was right before COVID. And so COVID came and it kind of answered my question for me at that moment. I was like, you know, this isn't the time to hop back in. (laughs) But yeah, there was a lot of shedding that had to take place there with that identity. Um, and that worth, that feeling of, am, am I worth anything if I'm not doing what I professionally trained to do and spent so much time, effort, investment, um, all of that? Uh, it was the conversation with my dad. I was so scared to tell him, <laughs> I'm not going to practice anymore. And... Just because I'm, I'm sure there was such a sense of pride of like, of the six kids, you were the one that kind of followed his footsteps, you know, and, and stayed in the profession. Right. So I have the most amazing dad because when I told him, he was just like, whatever makes you happy. Mm. And that it was another just one sentence seed that made me think, you know what? I can, I can shed this story of who I am and what I tie my worth to. I can shed that. I can do whatever I can create, you know? So again, it was, 
it was steps of getting out of that victim story into let's create, let's create something. And so, but yes, had to shed um, traditional ways of working, going somewhere to work. How, how am I going to work now? Um, how am I going to create something special? How am I going to get my message across? And at, at first, I didn't know if I wanted to share my story. I still felt like a little bit of a failure. Um, and so I didn't know, you know, people would say, you know, be vulnerable, share your story. That's that. And I was just like, oh, I don't want to be. I've been the dentist that has the answers. People come to me for the answers. I figure things out. And to say, I don't have the answers or to say, um, I'm figuring things out as I go. <laughs> I'm building the ship as I sail it. And, but that's some of the crazy thing is that there's no guarantees. You're going to step out and no one could give you the guarantee. Hey, you can sleep well at night because this is going to be successful. This is somehow going to work and there's going to be provision money that flows so you can keep doing some passion project. Mm -hmm. Like there's that insecurity of like, what if I just fall on my face? Mm -hmm. What if I get insecure or what if I get vulnerable and all of a sudden, it like backfires and people are like, oh my gosh, she's not the doctor we thought she was. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like you had to grapple with all these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting that for so long I had set my sights of success on outward accomplishments, outward things. Right. Um, and there was a there and it just doesn't happen overnight. I mean, it's a process. Um, but you come to the realization that Success is an inner job. And having your own definition of success and pursuing that so that when you put your head on your pillow at night and you say, hey, I worked hard today. I'm a, I'm a better person at the end of the day than I was at the beginning of the day. And, it, and it's internal. It's not, not external. Yeah, maybe someone didn't say good job or gosh, you're the best dentist ever. Thanks so much. I didn't feel that injection at all. You know, no one, no one gave you anything externally to validate your hard work, but internally, you know that you're a better person at the end of the day than you were at the beginning because you did the things that are successful, mean successful to you. So I think that's, that's a huge, that I, I guess, shedding the stories, shedding the identity, shedding the finding worth from outside to really um, cultivating that inner success and that inner uh, work of doing the stuff that makes you fulfilled and happy. And ultimately, if you're doing that, I mean, isn't that ultimately what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to shine our unique gifts out into the world. And if we're doing that, the rest of it will come. Maybe I think not on your timeline, but it will come. But I think sometimes it's like scary knowing, um, I don't know, it's like even the, the discovery of trying to find out what, like what is my gifting or what is my main unique gift or what is the light that I'm supposed to shine, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and I know starting off, 
in any endeavor, we typically model, right? We, we see, okay, here's a hero. Here's someone that's successful. This is what you do. And you start off by modeling, even like as, as the kids, you just look at your parents and okay, we, we, we model behavior, but at some point to get to that place where you want to express, you want to, um, really release something that's authentically you into the world and, almost like, I feel like everybody, like you were saying, everyone's an innovator. I, I agree also that like everyone I feel like is an artist mm. and there's like a portrait that only they can paint. And, and I, I'm not, I'm obviously speaking metaphorically here. Um, but the second I started viewing myself as an artist, it almost gave me that freedom of like, well, how do I want to express what's uniquely me? Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, they're still grappling with like, well, what if I'm not enough? <laughs> mm-hmm. And what if it doesn't work? And, and all those things. And that's why I'm really amazed because Laura, like the clinician hat, um, the dentist hat is very risk averse. It's almost at odds with that visionary entrepreneurial spirit of like, let's let's play and see what happens. Let's um let's try this and and iterate and be agile and how like was that something you had to wrestle with as you were like shifting <laughs> i love that you bring that up because um yeah my husband and i talk about that a lot actually that i mean we were in for many 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 years we operated from a fear based mentality because um how much are you doing to prevent something bad from happening like that all day. That's what we're doing. I mean, you know, and you're constantly thinking that way. What if this happens? What if this happens? And it's usually the what ifs are not the, oh, what if this great thing happens? (laughs) Right. Because you're trying to minimize liability. You're trying to minimize uh, bad outcomes. Mm -hmm. And yet you don't really get somewhere in the business entrepreneurial space by thinking, how do you minimize bad outcomes? You have to be unafraid to just interact with the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the life lessons that I learned that took forever, Laura, was that I thought what I learned in the boardroom, in the realm of theory, was was true. And then all of a sudden, I would launch something into the marketplace, or I, or I wouldn't, because I was, I was almost like certain it was going to fail. But the market didn't tell me it was going to fail. I prematurely got scared and thought it would fail. So I robbed myself of the actual lesson of finding out was this going, was, was there going to be alignment? Cause none of us can look into a crystal ball and say, Hey, if we launch this thing, if we start this new podcast, if we start this new initiative, and if we're going to serve dentistry in this way, we know exactly how dentistry is going to respond. We don't because it's made of people, right? It's made of this like the market's like an organism that's always shifting, always changing. And I feel like it's less scientific um, than the bone structure, than the mouth structure, than like the, what has been revealed through, you know, what's clinically best for someone's oral health, you know? And I understand that's evolving too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that's more of a static organism than our culture <laughs> You know, and, and everything like that. So you you always talk about unique stories and how it's so good um, to just embrace what it is about ourselves and own that. Um, how do you help people discover that? 
Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's, it's one that really lends itself to life coaching. Because the whole premise of life coaching is that as a coach, we help you unlock, uncover, unleash the potential that you already have through great questions. And so being able to have one-on-one time with someone that's devoted just to you, that's there to talk just about you, doesn't happen very often in the real world. Um, and, and it's shocking to a lot of people who have never had a coach and, and then get a, a, co- a true coach. You know, maybe they've had consultants, um, and so they, they feel like they uh, know what coaching is. But then when they get a true coach, they're sort of surprised. And I remember ha- being so surprised because I wanted to know about my coach. I would ask her questions about her. She's like, no, 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 this is, this is your time. I was like, huh? But, you know, so often we, you know, with our friends or people that we really care about, family members, we get into conversations and we spend so much time talking about like the weather, the kids, the business, the, you know, challenges that we'd never get to the authentic piece. Like what's going on with you? What's your challenge right now? What's the real challenge about that challenge? What do you want? What do you dream about? You know, and then just going with that flow. And so I think that helping people um, uncover their stories really comes with just really good listening, really good dedicated time with no distractions, and really good questions. And given that, and then, you know, some time for them to reflect on those, those moments so that they can then bring out those true stories that they have inside of them. So the main thing that's been driving you, I'm guessing is still so connected to that moment where your life coach helped change your life. And you're like, man, I didn't know this sort of transformation was possible. Is this something where I can offer the same transformation to others? How did you feel the first time? And I don't know if it was your first client or your fifth client, but like when all of a sudden you felt like I, I, I did it. Like I'm, I'm able to do what I wanted to do way back when, like, what was that experience like for you? Hmm. There's nothing like it. Um, when you witness the aha moment in somebody else or just that clicking, it's, it's like, it's like the greatest gift. It's like someone, when I get to experience that with someone, it's like they just wrapped up the most beautiful present and handed it to me. I mean, it's, you know, People that are golfers talk about that the last the last hit that's perfect gets them back on the course, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's always that. It's always like, oh, 
if I could do this all day, every day, I would. Wow. Now tell me, so with people that are coming to you, um, are there certain like tells that you can see where based off of what they're saying that they either have a like limiting belief or mindset where they may not yet be ready for coaching? Um, or do you just kind of understand, okay, we're going to have to do a lot more work. Like, do, do you feel like everybody is ready for coaching? Um, what, what have you seen in your experience? Yeah, that's, that's such a good question too. Um, I think, you know, ultimately everybody's ready for coaching. Um, however, there is sometimes, um, some things that need to get worked out first, and so, so there may be some things from the past that need to get addressed and that might be better served with a counselor or a therapist. And so sometimes we pause and we say, Hey, let's, let's work through some of this first and, and then come back to this. Um, other people are just, they, they they've done that work or they're ready. They're ready for a transformation. They've, they've gotten to their rock bottom and they're, they're sick and tired of it. They're ready. Let's go. And so it is so individual. And that's why, um, we really focus on custom coaching. There's no package. Like I, you know, I'm not going to offer you a package that this is the steps and these are exactly what's going to happen at each session. It's, it's 100% custom. So and, and that's really fun too. I, I mean, I think back to dentistry and what I did love about dentistry was that connection with the patient. And it was always genuine and individual. I mean, they were like no one else. I might be doing the same crown on them that I did on somebody else, but it's going to be totally unique for them and their situation. And, and I think that's coaching too. Um, you know, in the whole like people having that permission to, to pioneer, like how many of the people that you're coaching are wanting simply to be better dentists versus like, I actually want to explore something else and I don't know how to get there. Um, like are most of the people that come to you like, Oh, I, I just need a better practice. I need to be more aligned in who I am. Or are a lot of them like, I think dentistry is not completely fulfilling for me. And there's something in me, whether it's a book or a message or something else. Can you help me actualize that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. And I think really, usually what it is, is that, that the person feels some sort of emptiness and they're not quite sure why. And so going through that process, you know, it might reveal that, um, they just need to practice differently. Or maybe there's a different area of dentistry that really lights them up than what they're doing. Um, or that going through their process may reveal that they have other gifts that they want to bring to life outside of dentistry. Um, sometimes that may mean not doing dentistry anymore. Sometimes it may mean doing it in addition to dentistry. And so it it really reveals itself as we work. Um, and so it's interesting, you know, like the, the, the mind at the beginning of the sessions can be thinking one, this is where I want to go. 
but as as paths get revealed and you it's like the um do you remember those books where choose your own adventure yeah 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 it's like a choose your own adventure because you you get to a door that you thought you wanted to open and god it's really stuck you can't quite get it to open and so you start looking around because you're like maybe there's a key or maybe there's something that can help me kind of wedge it and then all of a sudden you see another door and you're like oh that one looks open maybe i'll go see what what's on the other side of that door just interviewing you right now um your your pace your curiosity you bring such an intense uh, intentionality to how you're sharing um I, I, like i just i love seeing the process of how you like this is what you were meant to do like i can just see it now knowing that now do you do you ever look back to times in your youth where you were like oh i saw that in some relationships or in high school there were some seeds of that and i just didn't connect that that meant that i'd be a good coach someday <laughs> Yeah, yeah, completely. You know, I was always that person that people came to. <laughs> and, um, you know, I remember uh, one friend in particular uh, in high school saying to me, she said, I always just feel 100% me when I'm with you. And that that's okay. And I remember, like, it was just like, oh, whatever. But that stuck with me, obviously, because I remember it. But I always like, I want everyone to feel that from me. I want everyone to feel 100% them and that it's okay. And if wow. I can, if I can just, if I can be that for, for people, because so often, I mean, how do you, sometimes you have a conversation with someone and you're just like, oh, I, f I feel like I need to act this way, or I need to bring this piece of me to this conversation. Because if, if I don't, I'm going to be looked at differently. Well, oh, that's exhausting. <laughs> like, I just, I, I just want people to come to me and, and feel like they, because, you know, they're beautiful. And let's, let's untap that and bring it to life. Cause that's what the world needs, man. <laughs> Preach it seriously. 100%. Now, have you written a book yet? Cause I feel like, <laughs> like there's, there's a, a message in you that needs to get released. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not saying you're not doing that with maybe the speaking opportunities, uh, and your coaching, but like, I'm so curious, like what's next for Laura? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I do have a book in me. Uh, yeah. And there's also some other creative, uh, things that I love to partake in. Um, I also just love creating bridges to bringing people together. And so in, in any way that I can do that in, especially in the community that I love, um, dentistry, bringing people together and knowing that together we can do so much more and so oh whether that's through a book whether that's through retreats workshops um there's lots on the horizon for sure and i, I i'm kind of going down that my own path you know with my own coach uh as far as exploring those doors and um so yeah but 
we'll definitely be bringing a book to light one day. Amen. So is there anything you're working on right now that you'd like our listeners to know about? Anything you'd like to bring attention to? Yeah. So um, my business partner, who happens to be my best friend and I, we operate the Mint Door. And we have lots going on with that. But um, one of the the things that we're most proud of right now is we have a virtual well-being aware program for dental teams. And it's something that they can do in pockets of their time during the day and earn a well-being aware award um, and earn CE for. And and it deals with some of these well-being um, practices that helped me get out of burnout. And now that I see had I used those would have prevented my burnout. And so it's something that we're super passionate about. It's our mission to bring this to uh, as many people as possible, because when you feel good, when you're, when you're working from a place of well-being, you can do more good. And not just for the practice, but for your families, for the community. It's a ripple effect. Um, uh, where can they specifically find out about that? Is there like a website or Facebook page? Yeah, just the mintdoor.net. It's all, everything we do is there. But um, yeah, so that's really exciting. We have what we call an oscillation experiment going on right now where we're helping um, practices really tap into the fact that when you operate from a high intensity, high productive state, you got to balance that with low intensity rest. And if, if we're not doing that, we're, we're, we're actually fading our productivity throughout the day. And so that's a fun, that's hundred percent free, just an experiment that you run at your practice for a week and see how it works. So those are just some of the little techniques that we are infusing, um, to help bring awareness, especially May mental health awareness month. Um, just bring in that awareness to the fact that our emotional and mental well-being, our mindset is really at the core of how successful and fulfilled and happy we are. Oh my gosh. One, 100%. So I love asking this in the spirit of honor, who has helped you in your journey that you'd like to recognize as like an innovator or a pioneer? So, um, I owe so much to the certification program that I did my life coaching through, which is Heroic Public Benefit Corporation. And the founder of Heroic is Brian Johnson. And, um, I look up to him and his ideals and his teaching uh, every single day. I'm still very active in my coaching community. And uh, right now there is just a plethora of material that they provide actually for free. Um, but just in um, living your, your true best self, he he models it. And so like you say, you, we model people, um, you know, like that's that's somebody that I look up to every day. And um, it, it really infuses me, it really inspires me to bring that into my day. And so that that's somebody that I looked up to um, more personally, my daughter. My daughter is an amazing human and there's not a day that doesn't go by that I think, wow, she's so self-aware 
she's so passionate she's a she's a changer mover and a shaker and um i learn something from her every day and so i'm so grateful that she chose me to be her mother you know way back when she was you know just some stardust she because i i have taken so much from her so i encourage people to um really learn from from the people right around them there's so much wisdom there's so much um beauty that we can just from you know an interaction with somebody um on your walk you know the, the other day i was i took a walk and there was an old guy taking care of his yard and i was curious about one of the plants so i said you know i stopped and talked to him about this plant and i learned so much about him and his life and he i, I you know he gave me a few pearls to walk away with and wow you know, so there, there's, there's always somebody that you can learn from and hold well, I was going to say, like, I, I'm seeing you and I just see such a, um, a vibrancy and people that are experiencing burnout or close to burnout, they don't have vibrancy. Mm -hmm. They don't have a curiosity. They don't take the moments to lean in to like, wait a second. Like I'm surrounded by humans in this line, you know, as I'm waiting for Chick-fil-A or something like that. And it seems like the person next to me, I, I don't know, there's this connection. Like you don't lean into those moments that are what life is all about. That discovery, that almost like beginner's brain of just kind of having that curiosity to explore, to discover, and to get that zest out of life because everything's lost its color mm -hmm. when you're burned out. Mm -hmm. Like the 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 smells aren't as vivid the tastes aren't as vivid and that's probably a good tell that you're experiencing burnout or close to it when all of a sudden it's like you're not connected to the beauty around you mm -hmm. um and i just see that in you there's such a vibrancy okay so if someone's listening and they're like oh my gosh i love laura i i i just want to um, get her as a coach, where do they go? Like, what's the best step for them to find out how they can take in the next steps with you? Yeah. Yeah. That, thank you. And, um, in light of that burnout, I, I, I think that you bring up a really good point there, like cue into that stuff. Your, your, your body and your soul are, are sending you messages all the time. Cue into that, cue into when the color goes away. Um, because that's, that's a great, that's a great hint that there, there's an opportunity to change. Um, so good. I love that. I love that you brought that up. Um, working with me, just the mintdoor.net and that's where you'll find all my contact information. Um, and, um, and, and multiple ways. I love genuine, authentic conversation. So, always open to connecting for a conversation no no strings attached um just let's let's get to know each other and and go from there that is awesome okay so here it is this is my closing question um let's take laura okay when did you uh, when did you finish with dental school how old were you i oh gosh i think i was 26 26 27 something like that okay so you're walking down the street and you see 26 year old Laura mm. and you know, you're only going to have a brief moment to communicate one sentiment to her. 
what do you share with her? Hmm. Listen. Listen to your intuition. Wow. Wow. That is so cool that Laura, the coach, would have the word listen to Laura of, you know, 26, the young Laura of like, hey, it comes not just from like your your gift is the ability to listen and draw out the depths that's in somebody else and connect those dots. But it's so neat that that's also the gift that you could have given yourself even earlier. It's just trusting your intuition and aligning yourself so you could, I don't know, almost have that freedom to just explore wherever it led you. And I think you followed a beautiful path. And I thank you so much for honoring that path and for saying yes when it was like left turn, right turn, instead of just being like stubborn, I'm just going to stay in dentistry and do what I've always done because you are shining so bright right now. And it's so easy to honor you as an innovator, as a leader, as a pioneer. And I love the impact you're making in dentistry. So Laura, thank you so much. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, thanks for sharing so many tidbits of inspiration and just honestly sharing your story. Oh. It has been beautiful. So thank you so much. Well, thank you, Sean, for um, having this this wonderful conversation and really highlighting and allowing me to um, to just share because, like I said, how often do you get a chance to have a one-on-one, -on -one, uninterrupted conversation? And it's a beautiful thing. So what you're doing is really special. And I, I want you to keep doing it. Keep on. Well, this is going to be great. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate the encouragement. Thank you, Laura. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening. And be sure to follow so you never miss an episode. To learn more about what's going on in dentistry, check out innovationindentistry.com.